Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Hi there, you're listening to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy, hosted by me, Anna David. You know what we do here. If you don't, I'm so glad you're here. Wow, what brought you? Maybe it's my guest. Well, so every week I talk to entrepreneurs and best-selling authors, and today we happen to have both, and she's a very intriguing woman. Her name is Angela Loria, and she founded a company called The Author Incubator, which on the surface is very much like Legacy Launchpad, but there's some there's some crucial differences. They've helped more than 500 first-time authors publish their books uh, at what the way we do it here is we, most of the time we write the books for the clients. They, she, her company directs people through writing them. The client writes them. It's it's a really cool opportunity for people who wouldn't necessarily come to somebody like us. If you go to the show notes, there's links. Uh, she even has a, a program where you can write a book in a week for five hundred dollars. Yeah. So to get the links to that, go to Legacy Launchpad pub.com slash blog slash Angela. And yeah, we really debate which does quality matter? How quickly, how how much effort do you need to put into a book? It's a really interesting conversation now. With that, I give you Angela. Angela, it's great to see you today slash kind of re-meet you before we were recording. We were reminiscing about pre-COVID when we were at the same event. Yeah, I would have made much better use of my time with you. I had no idea. We would have sat for hours. Hours. I would have stayed up all night. But I just went to bed thinking it was there would be another event next month and the month after. I know, I know. know. So I would love to have my listeners hear about um, your approach to books. I think you were very early in going, hey, book sales don't matter. It is really about what a book can do for your career. And I really liked that, like, still present tense, that you got out there and said that because in a way it was controversial. Oh yeah, it was super controversial. So listen, I started in the publishing industry in 1994. I was a senior in college and one of my professors recommended me to work for this New York Times bestselling author uh, who was uh, 
investigative journalist. And then I worked with all the DC investigative journalists on like journalism books. That was the beginning of my career. And they all had, they all made money from writing books and they all had big book contracts, which at the time for like a journalism book was like 500,000 to $2 million book advance. And these were dudes and they were all old white dudes that I worked with. Uh, I just that's just who I worked with at the time. And these were dudes who had all made money on a salary from a newspaper. And okay. so that's what I and like all the fancy publishers that I worked with, they would wine and dine the 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 dudes that were producing the content that was making them money. It was very uh, classy. Like they would go to these, like we, I used to get to go to dinners at like Duke Zebert's, which was like this CNBC place in Washington, DC for all the investigative journalists. They were like held on a pedestal at, in a very special way as published authors. Like these were the best journalists. And now instead of making a hundred thousand dollars a year as a reporter, they were making $500,000 a year to write books. It was beautiful. Yeah. It is not the way it works anymore. And it's not the way that it works for the coaching and consulting industry. So what happens is we conflate, I'm 48, I'm almost 49, I think. Um, I always forget. I'm always like a year ahead, but I think I'm about to turn 49. Anyway, I'm old. And when I- Older. Older, in a good way, I mean this. But when I started in publishing, there wasn't really an internet in it. There was America Online CD-ROMs. And so when you went into a bookstore, that was how you got books. You, yeah. there was, I mean, there, you were not buying books online. People were afraid to put their credit cards in online. So when you walk into a bookstore, there's about 250,000 books, the average bookstore. And when you pick a book, from 250,000 books, like that book has a very good chance. One out of 250,000 is actually really good compared to what happens now, which is we go to Amazon. There's about 25 million books to choose from with 250,000 books coming out every month. Yeah. There are 250,000 books published every month. Yeah. So how do you stand out in that? It just doesn't, those numbers don't make sense anymore. And when David Wise, my first boss, was giving up 90% of his revenue to a publisher, he was giving up 90% of his revenue because how the fuck else was anyone going to find his books? Yeah. We needed an intermediary to take a book from his hard drive and turn it into something and put it in bookstores. You people don't people think they're paying publishers for marketing. Publishers don't do marketing, they do B2B marketing to get your book in bookstores. They do printing and logistics. And yeah, most I, of us don't need that anymore. We don't yeah, need you know, logistics. <laughs> yeah, I come from traditional publishing too. And I sold my first book to Harper right when it broke when everything changed. So I was like right on the cusp. It was 2005. They took me to lunch at Michael's. Ooh. You know what I mean? It, the, the, it, it, and that movie down with love. Did you ever see that? Yes. 
I was like, oh, this is my life. Like, it's super glamorous. I'm very important to my publisher. And then like, you know, I sold six more books to Harper and I just watched it dwindle away. And it kills me because they never did anything. I'm a very slow learner. Even when I had a New York Times bestseller, they did nothing because it wasn't like a number one. Yeah, you weren't Dan Brown. Yeah. I wasn't Dan Brown. And, and so I listened to people all the time go, oh, you know, I want to go on a book tour. I was like, oh, good luck. Good luck. I want that support that a publisher brings. And like, they just don't want to listen. These yeah, because people. people have the fantasy. It's like an old fantasy. I remember coordinating David's uh, book tour for a book called Night Mover that he had about a $1.5 million advance on. And they did a 25 city tour. And they paid for hotels and flights and dinner. And I had to like keep all the receipts and I sent them in and they got reimbursed. And then his next book came out and they said, we're going to, which was 95, I think maybe it was 96, beginning of 96. And they're like, we're going to do five cities for this book. And then by the next book, which I wasn't his assistant anymore, but by the next book, there was no book tour anymore. They were going to set up an AOL, ask me anything with AOL keyword book. So it's it's this old fantasy of the way the publishing, and I think the publishing industry even has that fantasy. They, they, I don't they even think know. they know how much it's changed. I think they know they're fucked, but they don't really want to find a solution. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, my first book, because I, I got the rights back to my first book and I relaunched oh, it. Smart. And so I looked, they had released my humorous novel as, as science fiction. Like that's how little oh. they understood the back end of Amazon. So, okay. So you have this realization. What year did you realize this is all broken? Uh, it was really 2014 mm-hmm. and it happened by accident. So I had been a ghostwriter, helping people write books, researcher, publicist since 1994. And then in 2013, I launched the author incubator. And that was specifically with the goal of working on personal development books. So all my books before 2013 were uh, espionage, politics, and then uh, technology. Those were kind of my spaces. So I've ghostwritten a lot of books with Microsoft MVPs. Very exciting. Uh, So, uh, and the books I would read, I would take the money from ghostwriting a book on, you know, Windows Server Backup. And I would take that money and I would go buy personal development books. I would go buy Marion Williamson books. And so I was like, and all the books I bought were from Hay House. And I was like, why don't I do books like Hay House does? Like, I want to have the next Hay House. I want to, I want all those authors. And so I started working with those authors and I realized something in that first year in business that changed everything for me, which was these personal development authors didn't have any fucking clue what they were doing. Yeah. So when everyone I had worked with before, they were like, journalists and writers and they had a strategy and they were being paid by publishing companies but that 
was their salary and they worked. It was like a job. The only thing they did is they were a writer and they would get up in the morning and they would go to their office and they would write and research and do interviews. And they were journalists. Or I was working with these computer companies. These guys knew nothing. And they were like, we are going to give you $50,000 to ghost write a book for us. And I'd make between thirty dollars and $50,000 a book. And they're like, we know nothing. You do it. Right. Those were at least, they knew how to make money from software, right? They knew what they were doing. Personal development authors, I would do all the things I did with my other authors. And these people would change their topic five times. They didn't fucking finish their books. That first year, I had 350 clients. Maybe it was 250, 350. It was around 300 clients. Which is like, great, who gets 300 clients in their first year? One person finished her book. Jill Farmer, bless her heart. She like saved my soul, I think, that year. They didn't even know how to write books. They didn't even know what the fuck they wanted. They wanted to call me and talk about books. So how did you find these people? You mean you were kind of discovering them and saying, right? Yeah, I would just go, I went to events for life coaches and I would be like, Hey, I've been in the publishing industry for 17 years. I'm a ghostwriter and a book coach and an editor and everything I've been doing and a publicist. And if you need help with your book, I'll help you. And I mean, I think I charged so many different, I didn't know what the hell I was doing either, but I don't know, $50 an hour, I think is where I started. Right, right, right. I was like, I will help you with your book. And then I had this crazy idea that people would come to me with a book idea. Like all my other clients had ever hired me in 17 years. They're like, I want to write a book about Windows Server Backup. And then six months later, we had a book on Windows Server Backup. And I'm like, these people are fucking batshit crazy. They just want to talk about writing a book. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. If you want to write a book, you'll have it done. It doesn't take that long. It's three to six months. I know. it. What takes a long time is uh, the, you know, first of all, not knowing what you're doing when you're writing. And second of all, making a lot of excuses and claiming writer's block. Right. It takes and a lot writers. of time. A lot of time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can spend years on that. It's like, And nobody that's a real writer does. Like as a ghostwriter for 17 years, I wrote in 17 years, I wrote 29 books. Now, I also had a whole nother career as an editor and like that was my side hustle. Your side hustle. Yeah. In my free time, I wrote 29 books in 17 years. That doesn't take that long. I mean, it's really not that fucking hard. It's not. I'm with you. It's not that hard. Now, you might need to do research and that might take time. Like if you're doing a study over a year, you might need to put the study into the field and wait a year to gather. But writing up your findings, it, it takes three months to write a book. It's just not that fucking hard. And so I tried all these different things in my first year in business and then I realized, oh, I'm asking the wrong question. The question isn't, do you want to write a book? The question is, do you have a business that would benefit from a book? Yeah. And once I switched that question, then I had personal development professionals that had a business and they were like, I would like more clients for my fork tuning sound healing business. I'm like, great, I can get you sound healing clients. Or I do life coaching and I would like life coaching clients or I do career coaching. I'd like career coach. Once I 
flipped the question and started with what's your business and do you need more clients? Then I went to, we now have a 99.6% completion rate. I think this year we have one person who didn't finish. And how many books do you launch a year? And it's under your publishing company? Uh, yeah, so that's a trick question because we did change that during COVID. But um, we, our biggest year, we did 400 books. This year is definitely a slower year for us uh, on purpose. I moved to the beach and half retired, and I've been much more selective about where I spend my time. I also have a teenager. Um, but uh, I think it will do about 200 books this year. So, and then do you do, do they do all the writing and you guide them through it? Yeah, I find it's much faster and better to do your own writing. And I'll tell you why, as a ghostwriter for 17 years, um, when I write books for people, if you want me to write your book, I'll write it. It's $100,000 now, and I'm happy to write your book for you. I don't think you should, though. And this is why. When you write your book, you change your brain just gets more organized. And you could think about this. If you ever had to put together a slide deck to pitch anyone, anything, you know, your potential clients or an investor or your mother, like you have to organize your thoughts to do a slide deck or to write a proposal. And when you write your book, you become a better coach and you get more clients just from your own confidence. You'll be like, my shit's badass. If I write it, you'll think I'm a badass. And luckily I already know I am. I don't need help with that. So it will change you. And you could do it in less time and with less frustration. Because when you work with a ghostwriter, you're going to tell them what you want in the chapter. That's going to take as long as it would take for you to just fucking write it. Then I'm going to write it up slightly wrong. And you're going to read it. And it's going to be like nails on a chalkboard. You're like, why does she say it takes two weeks? I told her it takes two months but you actually misspoke and said two weeks and you don't remember that, but you would have caught it if it was your own thing. And so you're going to read it. You're going to be annoyed. And then you're just going to rewrite the chapter or you're not going to read it. And you're going to say, that's good. Publish it. So that's my, my I vehemently disagree, but we're all allowed as fellow. Yeah. Tell me your perspective. That's just my experience after ghostwriting. I don't know, 50 books now, I guess. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now, back to the show. Well, I only ghost wrote one. Okay. But it, it did become a New York Times bestseller. So I do think, I do know, and, and I'm a writer, you know, I, I wrote for every magazine. I wrote for the New York Times. I, you know, majored in writing. Yeah, but, but did the person who came to you have a book contract? No, we sold it together. Okay. I got, I got him the agent. He was a disaster. Um, but, but so... What, and I won't, do, I don't go straight at all. I won't do any, it was such a bad experience. I would never write another person's yeah. book. And the way I started my company is that so many people came to me and said, would you write my book? And I said, no, no, no. And finally someone said, I want, 
I don't care. And until, so I said, look, I'll ask my friend to write it. And then that's, that started the company. I believe if you don't write every day, all day, and you haven't for a decade, you're not going to write as good a book as someone who does. And I'm oh, all about I, Yeah, I get you on that. I get you on that. But I think that happens in the editing phase. I find it really hard. And I don't, my team does the editing. I don't do it. I find that I watch them struggle, real, that it's easier to start from scratch than to fix something that's broken. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. But I, I really feel like if the purpose is to get clients, then the quality of your book, not that it doesn't matter. But if your focus is on writing a really good book and not on attracting clients, then you're just doing something different, not better or worse. Fair enough. It's just a different thing. I think and meet a middle ground too. Um, I mean, I think it can. It look a lot of people not only don't care about quality, but they can't even tell the difference. They can't. Most people can't tell the difference. And 16% of people read the books they buy. None of them are your clients. The way you know someone is going to buy from you is if they get your book and don't read it. Once they've read (laughs) it, they're not a client. That's so interesting. Now, Um, after they become a client, then they they will then read your book. But people will read your book after they become a client. So, okay. And so, um, uh, basically, so how does it work? So you, people come to you and you say, go write the book and we'll help you with the cover and we'll do all the things. We do an elaborate developmental editing process. So we're developmental editing every single chapter. There's three months of work before they're allowed to write. Okay. we have to figure out what the fucking book is because most yeah. people's ideas are horrible and they would never finish. So I, for each chapter, we design for, we do this for the whole book first, and then we go chapter by chapter and we design a purpose statement, which is like a main topic sentence. Um, and then we have a certain layout that we have them use. And then they come up with 10 slugs. Yeah. And the slugs are what's going to be included in the chapter. You don't have to include all of it. But so when you go to sit down to write, I know everything that's going in that chapter. I might yeah. not know the order and I can finesse the sentences. Our editors can finesse the sentences, but we've crafted what is each chapter, what's in it, what's the purpose of the book, how do we want the reader to be different. And yeah. once all that developmental editing is done, when you go to write the book, we do it as a time test. We'll actually proctor it with you. You have two hours to write the chapter. And I want the shittiest job that if that's what it is, but it's just the best job you can do in two hours. I don't care how good it is or how bad it is. Just give me something in two hours and no more. And then the editors take it over and we can turn it into good writing. When you say proctor, are you sitting on a Zoom call with them or you just, you are, wow. Sitting on a Zoom call. Ready? Go. You got two hours. And then I do a little Tim uh, from Project Runway and I say, all right, you got 30 minutes. Even if you haven't stopped, started writing, make it work because this is your chapter. And then we pull it out of their hands and they can't look back at it until the whole book is done. And then, and so, and then you do uh, copy editing, layout, 
Well, yeah, uh, we have three levels of edits. So we do a high level yeah. edit and then we do line edits, which take about six weeks. And then we do a proofread. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and it's launched under your imprint. Yeah. You asked that before. So, okay. We've done three things with this. I have an imprint, which is called difference press. We also have partnered with companies that have in-store distribution. So we put it out as a collaboration, a difference press collaboration with another partner that gets it in bookstores. When we do that, we give up 80% of the book revenue to get it into bookstores. Mm -hmm. And when COVID hit, I shut down all of those partnerships because I'm like, no one's buying books in bookstores and they're not buying these books in bookstores. And they're definitely not buying these books in bookstores when the bookstores are shut down. So we canceled all those partnerships, which I had kind of wanted to do anyway, because I looked at how much money we were giving up and the percentage of sales online versus in stores. Yeah. And it just didn't make sense. We 85% of our sales were happening online, but we were giving up 80% of the revenue. So we now teach self-publishing. And if people really want their books in bookstores, we can hook them up with partners, but then it's not a collaboration anymore. We just put it, they put it under there. We're making an introduction and they put it under their publishing label. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But for most people, I don't see a good reason to put your book. That's not for everyone, but for most people we work with, if you want to make a quarter of a million dollars from your book in a year, don't work with a publisher. We have 76% of our authors make $250,000 in the first year from their book. Not from book sales. Not from book sales. Yeah, not from book sales. Do you help them set up a system where they're going to get more clients? How does that work? Yeah, we build book funnels for our clients, um, teach them advertising, show them how to uh, do what we call a thank you video. So how to connect with their readers, how to build a list from your book. I teach something called the love sales method, which is how to turn your readers into clients by just listening to their problem and offering to help solve it. Mm -hmm. So the focus is get as many readers as possible. And we have a really cool calculator. If you go to the authorincubator.com slash calculator, um, most of our authors can make $250,000 by giving away about 2000 bucks between two and 3000 bucks. And who do they give them to? Um, prospects. So we identify prospects. So for instance, uh, one of our clients, uh, Leslie Moffitt does, uh, uh, keep the job, lose the stress. And she works with teachers, stressed out teachers. She now has a six figure consulting business with teachers. And she specifically started with band leaders, high school band leaders, so turns out there are organizations of high school band leaders who fucking knew. Yeah. She's in all those Facebook groups, all those groups. She speaks. We have a um, keynote speaking coach as well, Nina Sassman Pogue, who t- trains all of our authors in how to um, mm. use their book to get speaking gigs. She is the top speaker for high school band. Every You find a high school band leader, they will know Leslie Moffat. Uh, Love the job, lose the stress is her job. And she speaks at those events and then she gets contracted by schools and teachers uh, to work with them and has a six-figure business as the world's top coach for band directors. Who knew? 
And, and that's really the, the, you know, you're a firm believer, I assume, in the riches or in the niches. Like, find your... Has niche. to be. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. If you do the kind of books that we loved growing up, like if you do the self-love for women in transition generic books, those books that were successful, like my favorite book of all time from one of my best friends, Marianne Williamson, A Return to Love. Like that book changed my life and so many others, but it wouldn't sell them. If you are even as good of a writer as Marianne, which is like, you know, two people in a million, uh, even now that book just wouldn't sell the way it did then. It just, there's too many other books. There's too much other information. There's too, there's Netflix. There's, you're competing with just on a totally different scale. Yeah. And so if you can focus on uh, a group that we can access, like band directors, real estate agents, uh, divorce lawyers, if we can focus on a group that we can find, do your spiel on self-love for women in transition. Because I can tell you everything in Leslie's book is all about self-love for band directors in transition. But if we can focus that information in a specific group we can reach and you can be the best in the world in this blue ocean instead of a very, very bloody yeah. red ocean, uh, then we can generate revenue. Do you still do, you used to do like sort of weekend retreats. Three days to done. So very interesting. You should ask. I had a castle. And the reason we got this castle, which we called the author's castle, um, was to do all the rooms were themed. We had the Maya Angelou room and the Pablo Neruda room and um, all of the rooms had their own theme. And we would bring authors in every weekend and over the weekend you would write your book. And then when COVID happened, we were like, well, no one's coming over to write their books at our house anymore. So there's so much for that. So we left the castle, um, which we had a lease purchase agreement. So we kind of had to walk away from $2 million. It was a little bit sad. Um, But we're like, it's going to be a long time before someone wants to come over and do a writing retreat. So we paused. And then this year, we got a bunch of beach houses in a little town on the Chesapeake Bay. And we now have those houses open to do three days uh, to done again. And starting in January, so I have my first one the first week in January. Mm-hmm. And there, um, you get a whole house with your weekend. You can take a friend. And we've got like three or four houses that are near each other in this tiny little beach town. So we meet up in the morning on the boardwalk. Everyone gets their assignments. We check in on Zoom during the day. Then we have dinner at night, but everyone's got their own COVID bubble to write in. So if people are interested, what are the price points for all of these things? Um, Yeah, so we have uh, our virtual uh it's we call it book week um so we have a virtual version of that come to my beach house and sit with me and we'll get your book done in three days um so that is five hundred dollars anyone can do it uh we do it the last week of the month it's 500 bucks at the end of the week your book will be done 
And you don't even have to come in knowing what your book is about. You just have to have a business. If you have a business and you want more clients, come in on Monday, on Friday, you will have a finished manuscript. Then if you want to work with us to do the editing and publishing and speaking and marketing, uh, that is, I think it's like a 25K commitment for us to do all your editing, get you Amazon bestseller status, do all your design, all your marketing, get you coached up to get speaking engagements, build your book funnel, get you out there. So that's a much longer engagement to do all that stuff. But if you Mm -hmm. just need your book written, 500 bucks. And then at the end of it, we'll tell you exactly how to do everything on your own. By the way, if you do it on your own, you're going to spend a lot more than $25,000 doing it on your own. It's a lot of work. If you want to do it right. If you want to do it right. Yeah. You can do it wrong. You can do it wrong for less, for sure. Um, But you'll probably get one editor. They'll flake out. They'll tell you things you don't want to hear. You'll have to get another editor. They'll ghost you. And so when we do it, it just gets done and we keep it on a timeline. Yeah. Then our three days to done when you actually come and stay with us at the beach house and we feed you and I literally sit next to you when you write your book. Those are substantially more. So you pay 25K um, for the weekend. But at the end of the three days, your book is done. And that does include um, a round of editing. And you just stayed in a beach house. I mean. And you got to stay in one of our beach houses and hang out and hopefully crab since we're in Maryland. That's what we do here. So if people want to find you, what is the best way? Um, so the author incubator.com and the trick with that is the article T H E the, so if you go to author incubator.com, you won't find it. Although I do own that domain and I should just set up a redirect, but yeah. here's my take. If you can't figure it out, we weren't meant to work together. So the author incubator.com. And then if you want to chat with me about your book, There's an application, which is really, uh, it just keeps me organized because I got a million things going on. So when you fill out the application, it drops you into like an automated funnel for me telling me who you are and to follow up with you. So that is the best way to get to me. A lot of times people DM me and be like, hey, I have a book idea. Can I talk to you? And I love you, whoever you are. Just fill out the application because then my team keeps me on track and I get super disorganized. This will get you put on my calendar and everything will just happen the way it's supposed to. Do you charge for those calls? Mm -mm. No, just we'll we'll talk about your book and we'll see if it's fit to work together and all that good stuff. Well, Angela, thank you so much for your time. This has been so great. And we really philosophically very much agree, except for the write yourself versus get help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get I got you else. on that. There's yeah, a and I got both fan. Yeah. Both there's, there's room. So thank you so much for your time. Y'all, thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. And please don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company, Legacy Launchpad Publishing, is available to help industry leaders and 
those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing, just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for well, next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.